Okay, so uh, uh, we do one mitzvah a week, right? But I mean, we do we do many more mitzvahs but, you know, in terms of uh, learning this morning. Usually one mitzvah a week, but uh, today we'll learn two: pay aleph and pay bays. You'll see that they're they're connected to each other. So um, again, a little bit of an introduction before we get before we get into it. Again, it's in Sefer Mitzvahs. It's also in Sefer Mitzvahs. It's on uh, page Nun Ches in uh, the Sefer Mitzvahs that we have. Mitzvah pay aleph and mitzvah pay bays. So this is going to be, these two mitzvahs are revolving around the concept of Petr Hamar. Petr Hamar. It's not a very common mitzvah, although it could be, it could happen. Uh, Petr Hamar, the halacha of a firstborn donkey, a firstborn Hamar, that there's some sort of kedusha on it, what you do, and so on. So, so let's, let's go through some of the halachas of this concept of the Petr Hamar, and we'll see that uh, very, very, a very, very big sugya in Yiddishkeit that's not so well known is very much connected with this Indian of Petah Hamar. And uh, it's one of those things that Imamish happens to us all the time. We just don't realize what's happening to us. But it's a very, very deep and big sugya. So as Hashem will get there. But just a little bit of background before we uh, go inside. So you don't have this in front of you, but at the end of Parshas Bay, that's where the Pasuk is regarding this mitzvah. So it says, in, it's, it's Mamash, just a few words. The Pasuk says, at the end of Parshas Bay, V'chol Petah Hamar That all firstborn... Uh, Hamar, all firstborn donkeys should be redeemed with a sheep, with a set. They mlay sifta, and if you don't redeem it, varafta, you have to, uh, you know, kill it by, by using an axe to cut at the, at the back of the neck, to cut its head off. That's the, that's the mitzvah. So again, just a little bit of, a, a little bit of an understanding what this, what this concept is. Again, the Torah is telling us two things, that when, uh, when a, a Hamar is born, so these are the basic procedure. You have a farm. This, this, by the way, this is not only in Eretz Yisrael, this is in Chutzlar, it's based on Megdash, not based on Megdash, this could apply anywhere. If a person owns a, a, uh, a female donkey, and the female donkey gives birth to a firstborn, its firstborn is a male chamar. So the luck is that that male chamar has some sort of kedusha, some level of kedusha on it, and because of, it, you, because of that you're not allowed to have any hanah. From this chamar, you can't use it for work. You can't, uh, uh, you know, cut its hair to use for whatever reason. You can't, you can't do anything with it. So the pasuk is telling us that what you have to do is redeem it on a sheep. You have to redeem it on a sheep. Now, there's really just like we talked about last week in terms of trumas and ma'isras and pidin This mitzvah of redeeming a chamar also has really two components to it. This component number one, which is get the kedusha off of the chamar, get the kedusha from the chamar onto a sheep. That's step one, okay? And the way to do that is very simple. Literally, you just take a sheet and you designate it as the redemption of the chamar. That's all you have to do. Yeah, you, can, you can see videos, by the way, um, of like people, like nowadays, farms that do it. It's like a whole, by the Sephardim especially, make a whole ceremony that they, they decorate the chamar. It's like a whole, like they couldn't have been. You know, you, you put things around the baby. They make a whole thing with the chamar as well. There is kedusha there. So that's step one. You want to redeem the chamar. By, and by simply just putting a sheep next to it and saying, you know, that the, that the, the sheep should be a replacement for the chamar. And by the way, and the gemar, we'll, see, we'll see soon the halachas of this, value-wise, they don't have to be the same at all. The chamar can be incredibly expensive, and the sheep can be incredibly cheap. So it's just, well, 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 there, there might be other ways how to redeem it, but this is the, uh, the optimum way, redeem it with a sheep. That's step one. Step two, now that you have a sheep, so you give that sheep to the kind. Now, by the way, once the Kedusha has been taken off of the Hamar and put on the sheep. Interestingly enough, everything is chulen. Everything is mutter. There is no Kedusha. Like, everything just 
becomes uh, regular chamar, regular sheep now. But this regular sheep, you have a mitzvah to give it to the client. And that's, that's pidyon peta chamar. Now, although these are the two components of getting rid of the kedusha by, by designating a sheep in its stead, and then step two, giving it to a client, the Rishayinim, when they count the mitzvah, they don't count it as two separate parts of redeeming the chamar and giving it to the client. The reason is, the Acharyanim explain, it's more of a technicality, because in the Pasuk, the Pasuk only references like sort of the first part of redeeming the chamar. It never openly says clearly and give it to a kain. Even, although we know that's the halacha from Tarash Valpeh, Lamai says since it doesn't say it clearly, so in, in mitzvahs, in Tarik mitzvahs, we don't count it as a separate mitzvah because there's no pasuk that says it explicitly. So it's more of a technicality. But technically speaking, there are these two parts of the mitzvah. What's the kiddush on the, on the set? So there is no kiddush on the set. It's a funny thing. Like once... I'm sorry? No, it's, it's, it's completely chulun. The kedu- if there is Kedusha there, which I guess there must be, it doesn't have any practical ramifications. It's completely chulun. For all practical purposes, it's, uh, it's a regular sheep. You have just the obligation to give it to a client. It's a very strange thing. Even, yeah, it's, it, there's, no, uh, there's no halakhas about it in terms of Kedusha. It's a very, it's a very unique thing. We're, we'll see soon. Maybe, maybe when we get to the Machshavah, we'll explain. But it's a very unique situation. You had Kedusha on the Chamar to the extent that you're not allowed to use it. And then you transfer on the set, but everything is uh, mutter then. It becomes like absorbed somewhere. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see about that. That's, that's uh, option one. That's the Pasuk called Petach Hamar Tifteh Beset. Petach Hamar is Tifteh Beset. You redeem with a sheep. So as the Pasuk continues, If you do not want to do that, although you should, but if you, whatever reason, you don't want to redeem it on a sheep, let's say you don't have a sheep or whatever the case may be, Plan B is to kill the Hamar. You kill the Hamar, you take an axe and you cut its head off, you don't have to cut the head off mamish, but you, 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 know, you, you, you kill, kill it from the back of the neck, neck and that's, uh, plan, that's plan B. Okay, those are the two things. So let's see the Rambam inside in Sefer Mitzvahs, and we'll see how he uh, categorizes these two halachas. So again, Mitzvah Pei Aleph. Mitzvah Pei Aleph. He, the uh, 81st Mitzvah of Taryag is, Shetzivano, that we were commanded, Liftois Peter Hamar Beseh Levat. That we were commanded to redeem a firstborn Hamar with a, with a sheep. The and included in that is obviously not to redeem it with anything else. And that was the mitzvah is to redeem it with a sheep. And as I said, although the pasuk doesn't say mefurish, but we know that you then take the sheep and you give it to a kain. And this is the pasuk we just read. Okay. The halachas of this mitzvah are discussed in Mesachas Bechayrus, the first parak. The Gamkain. By the way, and the, the Ram just adds in, this, is only, this halacha, just like by Pidin Ben, it's only true when you have a Yisrael farmer. It could be a man or a woman, but a Yisrael. If the farmer is a Kain himself, or the farmer is a Levi himself, or there's even a Kain and a Levi that's a partner, a Shutif, in owning the animal, the whole thing is Pater. That's uh, also a guy, by the way. If a guy owns a Pater it's also, there's no Kedush on it. It's Zavka by Yisrael. That's what the Shulchan Aruch has a discussion of what happens if you have a guy who's a farmer, and then he's Megayer, you know, it depends uh, when the baby was born and when the calf was born. It's a whole uh, Indian. Anyway, but that's the halacha of Peter Hamar. Mitzvah pei beis. Then the Raman says, the, 81st, the 82nd mitzvah he, Shetzivonu la'arif Peter Hamar imloinir s'loftaisa. Separate mitzvah, that if you don't want to redeem the firstborn Hamar, then there's a mitzvah to kill it with an axe. Vomri sparach, that's the next part of the Pasuk, v'imloisiftev arafta. If you don't redeem it, then you kill it uh, uh, with an axe. Now the Ramam asks the, the, the question sort of on himself. So a, a, a person could ask a question on me. And you might, you might ask, 
Why, Rambam, did you choose to count these two things as two separate mitzvahs? Redeeming the, cham, redeeming the chamar preferably, and if not, killing it. You could ask me, says the Rambam, I should count it as only one mitzvah. It's one mitzvah with, two, with halachas. That the, the mitzvah is to redeem the chamar. No, if you don't, one, then, then plan B is to kill it. But you should count it as one mitzvah. It's one mitzvah. It's just one mitzvah with many halachas. And the Rambam says, and it's a good point, because I myself wrote in one of the principles as an introduction to Sefer Mitzvahs, that there is such an idea of one mitzvah with many details, right? And I don't count every single detail in, as, as separate mitzvahs. So that's the Rambam, it's sort of a, you know, preempting the question. So why would I count uh, the pidyon pedach hamar and, 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 and killing the hamar as two separate mitzvahs? L'chor should be one mitzvah with just many details, that preferably this is what you do, and if not, then you do that. So he says the Ram like a very strong lesson. He says, I, I swear by the Rabbanu Shalom that like, that, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. That's what would I, I would have said this as well to count it as one. If not for the fact that I found the Gemara, I found the Medrash that seems to say not like that. I found a Lashon in Chazal, like Mamasha, one-liner, that indicates that these are taka two separate mitzvahs, that they should be counted as two. What's the liner? Amram. It says in the Gemara, Lashon of the Gemara in Bukharis is that the mitzvah of redeeming a Hamar is preferable, you should do that before you do the mitzvah of killing it. The mitzvah of Pidyan comes before the mitzvah of killing and the Gemara then continues, Umitzas Yibam Kedems Mitzas Chalitza. Similarly, says the Gemara, the Mitzvah of Yibam is preferable over the Mitzvah of Chalitza. Right? We know that, uh, again, the, same, the situation a guy, a person dies, doesn't leave over any children, and there's a brother. So there's two options Yibam or Chalitza. Nowadays we only do Chalitza, but Mikra then says the Gemara, the Mitzvah of Yibam comes before the Mitzvah of Chalitza. First he should do Yibam. If he doesn't want to do Yibam, then you do Chalitza. Now, yeah? Why Yibam? What's the connection between these two and Yanan? We'll see. Well, okay. Remind by the Hasidist part. Remind me. Yeah, it's actually very. They're very connected. You'll see. Yeah. So he says. Now the Rambam is saying the point. The Gemara puts these two together. So it says the Rambam. Ukamayish ayevamim loichenes im liyibam oyla chalitza vayibam mitzvah vachalitza mitzvah. So therefore, says the Rambam. Just like when it comes to even and chalitza, although this is not our sugya, but the Rambam says when it comes to even and chalitza, for sure those are two separate mitzvahs. There's mitzvah A called yibam. And there's mitzvah B, completely separate mitzvah called chalitza. It's just that preferably you should do yibam. And then if not, you do chalitza. Kol achas mitzvah b'fneyasma, k'mayshiniskar. And yibam and chalitza are counted as two separate mitzvahs, as we'll see when we get there and say for mitzvahs. So kein petach hamar. So the Gemara is making a, a connection. That mit, the mitzvah of redeeming comes before the mitzvah of killing. Just like the mitzvah of yibam comes before the mitzvah of chalitza. No, just like yibam and chalitza are two separate mitzvahs. Mela, redeeming and killing are also two separate mitzvahs. So, so he says, They're both two separate mitzvahs. Okay, that's the, uh, the Rambam. So the Rambam, it's interesting, the Rambam doesn't really explain uh, like, what the logic is, like what's the, the real difference between one mitzvah being, being one or being two. He just proves the point that from the Gemara's language, it seems that it should be counted as two. Now, in this, in this point, whether uh, redeeming and killing one mitzvah or two mitzvahs, uh, the Ramah, again, obviously, we just read, he counts it as two. If you take a look at the Marakamis that you have, so Marmaka number one, the Raivid, in the beginning of Hilchas Bikurim, Perak Yudbeis, that's where the Ramah talks about the halachas of uh, Petr Hamar. So the Raivid, over there, right in the beginning, 
he argues with this point of the Rambam, and he says like this, Bechai Raishi, he says, also, also a lesson of swearing, everyone's swearing about this mitzvah, I don't know, Bechai Raishi, he says, I swear by my own life, this, this, is, this is not the normal way of learning, it doesn't make any sense. That you should count killing the animal as a separate mitzvah, I say, that's specifically what he's talking about. And I know what the Rambam says. I know that the language of the Gemara is that the mitzvah of redeeming comes before the mitzvah of killing. So it sounds like it's two separate things. Why should the chashev mitzvah? He says it, it, it can't be. Even all the Gemara says such a language, it doesn't mean it literally that there's a mitzvah to kill the animal if you don't want to redeem it. If anything, it's, it, the Torah says you should do it as plan B, but really it's like a shtikla veira. You're, you're destroying something. It's about tashchis, you know? So to, something that any of us uh, would, would think of as like an Avera and something that's destructive, it's not a mitzvah at all. You're, you're ruining something that the kind should have had access to, the kind should have gotten. The language of the Gemara says a lotion of mitzvah arefa. Okay. It said the mitzvah of redeeming, so it just said the mitzvah of killing, but it's not really a mitzvah at all. So we have this machlag as Again, the Rambam says two sort of mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of redeeming, that's plan A. And for whatever reason, if you don't do that, you don't want to do that, then you have the, 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 the plan B mitzvah. It's also the mitzvah of the plan B, which is killing the animal. The Ravid says, no, 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 it's one big mitzvah. It's only one mitzvah. There's redeeming the animal. No, if you don't do that, then, there's a, then, 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 then what you're supposed to do is kill it. But it's only one mitzvah. Are you making a mitzvah by doing a rape for it? So it sounds like it's not even a kiyam mitzvah. He even calls it an avera. Like it's hard. The Achronim say like to call it an avera. The Torah says to do it. It's called an avera. It's definitely not a mitzvah. So what is it exactly? It's not, not another way. Exactly. It's 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 something else. Right. So what is it? So to explain this machlokes, it's very simple. If you take a look at the second maromakim, there's a medrash, medrash mechilta. The end of parshas by. Listen to what it says over there. It's going on this pasuk. Right. If you don't redeem it, then you have to kill the animal. So the medrash over here is, is trying to figure out what is this Indian of killing the animal. Why? Why are you supposed to do it? So says the Medrash, Mikan Omru, Shemitzis Pedia Kedemis Lemitzis Arefa. So the Medrash first starts off with that language that the Ram has been pointing to, that the mitzvah of Pidyan comes before the mitzvah of Arefa. In other words, the Medrash, the, the, the beginning of the Medrash is basically telling us, similar to the Ramah, which is, there are two separate mitzvahs. There, you have to do something with this, ho- this, is, this is a Chamar, which is holy. You've got, you got to do something with it. So what are you supposed to do? Okay, so lechatchila, preferably you're supposed to redeem it onto a set and give the set to a coin. That's plan A. If for whatever reason you don't, then what else can you do with this chamar? Well, the next thing you should do with the chamar is kill it. So it's two separate mitzvahs. Just one is lechatchila and one is b'dyevet. Dover acher, says the Medjish, Dover acher, another pshat in understanding why you kill the animal. Imloi siftev arafta, if you don't redeem it, you have to kill it. Why? Emeina tapideyu, if you don't redeem it, Arfeu, you have to kill it. And it's a punishment. Since you, you made the Kayan lose out on money, because you, know, you should have redeemed it on a, on a sheep and give it to the Kayan. So the Kayan's all, you know, he could have had uh, you know, $1,000, whatever it is, and, and now he lost out because you were uh, greedy or you were negligent. So it's a punishment. It's, it, it, you, know, you try to make the Kayan lose out on a sheep. The Torah says, you know what, I'm going to make you lose out on the Chamar. So it's a knas, it's a punishment. That's, so, it, it, so the measure is telling us two different ways of thinking about Arifas, uh, Arifas Petachamar. What's Peshat, why are you killing it? Is it just, it's another way of, of, of dealing with a holy chamar, like what do you do with a holy chamar? So one way is redeem it, the other option is kill it. In that case, okay, one is preferable over the other, but they're both good things, they're both mitzvahs, so fine, two separate mitzvahs. 
The second Pshan of the Medrash is saying it's not a mitzvah. It's, it's quite, quite the opposite. Bemis, it's like batashris, like the Ravid says. No, so why is Rabbanishim saying to destroy an animal for no reason? It's a knas, it's a punishment. You try to mess over the Kayan by, 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 by making him not get a set. So the Rabbanishim says, you're not going to get away with it. I'm going to make sure that you don't get the Hamar either, so you have to kill the Hamar. So that's not a separate option. That's not a mitzvah of killing, you know, just plan B. That, that's, that's, that's a knas. That's a, a punishment that the Torah is saying because you were, neglect, you were neglectful in your mitzvah, in your one mitzvah, which is redeeming the set, I'm going to give you a punishment for what? Uh, it, it, as a punishment, you have to kill it. And that, is the that he would use the even though it's Possibly. Harsh? Possibly. That he would, it could, but we'll see soon. Like how is it a loss of position? Right. The truth is because we'll, we'll see that in theory, I wasn't going to get into this, but the Shulchan talks about this. It is theoretically possible to sell this Hamar to someone minus the amount of money, minus the value of the set. Like I mentioned that the set can be much cheaper than the Hamar. So let's say the Hamar is worth $1,000 and I could get a set for $100. So I could sell this Hamar for $900 and I get the profit for me. And then so, that person would have to do And then, right, someone's going to have to do the pidyon, but, but the profit will go to me. So, the, the, so as a punishment for this guy, for trying to avoid you know, uh, uh, doing the pidyon, 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 uh, so that's his punishment. So these are the two different mahal from the Rishayim. Again, is, is killing the, the uh, killing the Hamar just a mitzvah, just not, you know, just, just not the preferable mitzvah to do, but it is plan B, or it's not a mitzvah at all. It's a punishment for him being neglectful in his mitzvah. So that's the machlag is Rishayim. By the way... Huh? But it wouldn't be its own mitzvah. It wouldn't be a separate mitzvah. That would be a, a response to him being mavatalism. That's how the Ravid, the Rishana would explain. Are there examples of mitzvahs that are punishments? So we have, we have, we have mitzvahs on Bezdin to punish, right? But, but you're right. We don't really have much examples of it. It's a self-punishment over here. So it's a funny thing, because if the guy's neglecting... Yeah, it's one of those... I'll give, I'll give you an example of an af community that Achorinim say is in the following scenario. Take a look at Marmokka number three, okay? So Marmokka number three is also in Shulchan Aruch and uh, Shinchaf Aleph. So, um, in Yerodeah. So the Shulchan Aruch talks about the following case. Yisrael, let's say you have a, a, a Yisrael farmer. So he has a chamar. He's not sure if this is the firstborn or not. He's not sure. So it's a suffolk. So it's a suffolk. So what do you do? So he, the chamar that's born, it, it's suffolk whether it's holy or not. So then the Shulchan Aruch says, well, we, we could divide the two parts to the mitzvah. In terms of the Kedusha, you have to do a pit, you got to get rid of it, because it might be holy. So, so you still have to be paida the chamar. So Yafrish Olaf Tula, you separate a sheep, to get rid of the Isser, the Hana, the, the Kedusha that's on the Chamar. But now step two, which in terms of which is now giving the money to a Kayan, then we go to Chaish Mishpat thinking, which is Hamaitzimhavaya. The Kayan can't demand, he can't claim this uh, sev from me because the onus of proof is on him that he that he owes it, that he deserves it. So in other words, the, if, the, there's two parts to this mitzvah, right? The the Isser Vehetter the Yeridea side, this thing might be holy, then I have to be machmer to get rid of the Kedusha, I have to separate the Seh. But now in terms of giving it to a kind, that's a Chayish Mishpan Mominus, the Keshayla. And in Mominus, you can't take my money, you can't force me to give something to you unless it's 100% obvious that, it should, that I should give it to you. So, that's the Halacha, you separate the Tleh, and you keep it to yourself. Here's the scenario. The Achorim talk about, let's say you have a Safek Petr Hamar, yeah? A Safek Petr Hamar, <clears throat> and I don't have any set, I don't have anything of value, I have nothing to be paid. So then I have to kill it, right? Do I have to kill a Suffolk Petr Hamar? So it depends why you would ever kill a Petr Hamar. 
if the reason why why you kill a petachamar is the same, it's it's a, it's, an, it's a mitzvah. It's, it's a mitzvah of pidyon. No, if you can't do that, then at least you kill it. So fine. So if I have a suffix petachamar, also I have to be machmer to be paided. I have to be machmer to kill it if I can't be paided. But if you said like the rivet, that the whole purpose of killing it is what? Is that you, you messed over the kain. The kain should be getting a sa, or you should be getting the chamar, and he's not because of you. And because of that, so therefore we're giving you a knas that you shouldn't have a chamar either. Well, the kain's not getting it, not because I'm a bad guy. He's, he's not going to get this chamar. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to get the, the, the sa, I'm sorry. It's hamaitz mechavaraya. He has no right to claim it. So the fact that I'm not giving it to him is not a tain on me. So that's what the Achrem say the Nafkim mean. If you have a suffix, Peter Chamar, and you don't have the option of being paided, do you have to kill it? So again, if, 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 if killing the animal is its own mitzvah, then, then, then yeah. But if it's only a knas for messing over the kayan, I'm not messing over the kayan. Even if I were to separate a set, I wouldn't have to give the set to the kayan. The kayan's not getting anything in this, in this scenario because of a mitzvah mechal v'araya. So in that case, I don't have it. There's no tain on me, there's no knas on me, I don't have to kill it either. That's, the, uh, that's what the Acharyim say. Okay, now let's go through some, uh, again, small details in the halacha regarding, uh, regarding pidyon petach amar, killing the animal and so on. So take a look at Maramak number four. So far, what we've seen are two options, right? You have, you could be paida the thing, you could be paida the, the chamar with a set, or you kill it. What about giving the chamar to the kain? What if I just say, I, you take the chamar, I don't want to redeem it, just you do it. Is that an option? Am I allowed to do that? So, in Maramaka number four, the Rambam writes the following thing. If I did not redeem this, the, the chamar, I'm not interested. I just give the chamar to the kain himself. You deal with it. So, the Rambam says, I can do that. That is a viable option. The kain is now forbidden to use the chamar until he redeems it. It's, now, it's, it's his problem now. But I am allowed to do that. And the kain now has the two options. Either he could redeem it on a seh, and keep the set for himself. Or he could kill the, or he could he could kill the chamar. But I'm, there is an option of just me giving the whole thing to the, the chamar to the kain, and I'm done. Says the Rambam. Midrabanan, however, However, you can't trust kahanim with this, because we're concerned that he's not going to take it seriously enough. But I have to redeem the set and keep it to myself. The whole thing, he's just going to, you know, he'll just take the chamar and use it. So we're 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 the kahanim. That they might not take the pidyon seriously if you give him the chamar. Therefore, you're not allowed to give the chamar directly to the kayan. Unless I'm there watching the kayan take care of it, of, of redeeming it himself. So that's that's Midrabana. Again, we're certain he's, he's going to be negligent. But Lamaisa, the Ram is telling you this halacha. Huh? I don't know. I get. You know, so it could, it could, it could be. Uh, the, 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 it could be. You can make the argument that this reasons of Gehanim is only legabe avodas uh, beis This is not an avodas beis hamikdash Or it could be that over time this takana came up uh, later on in history where the taka sur has also the kahanam let's say amiharetz because you, know, you don't have to the, the, you don't have to do you know you don't have to pick the kain gadol uh, to do this it could be any kind so maybe over time they saw the kahanam were becoming a little bit more negligent i'm not sure but that's the that's the halacha so you do have this option um, yeah yeah right right it could be anywhere it could be in america too it could be anywhere anywhere in chutzlitz how does it if a kain was to do it 
but yeah. how would that even work? Because I thought the lady isn't, like, the coin's not in the Cleo. So that's the thing. Once the thing became Kaddish in the Rishos of Yisrael, yeah. then even a coin is going to have to do and the pigeon. And he would swap it with a set, or, set, and keep the set, or kill the chamar. But because it looks funny, like you're giving me the chamar, and then I just put a set next to it, and then I could keep both, so the kohen's going to say, okay, whatever, I'm just going to I'll just keep the chamar finished, you know what I mean? So because we're concerned with that, so that's why we say, you shouldn't do it, huh? Is that right, the Ramam, if you have to do a Ah, that's a good point, right? That's a good, maybe it's the Ramam Lishitas, that Itaka says such a thing that he has to kill himself, that's a good horror, it's good. So isn't it why the Ravi would not be massive over there? Yeah, it's a good horror, I'm not sure, that's a good horror, it's a good horror. By the way, Agav, just uh, one thing, going back to the Rambam, if you go with the Rambam, that Arefas, Petr Chamar, that killing it is Taka Mitzvah, it's interesting though, even if it is a Mitzvah, you don't make a bracha. We, we, the Shulchan Aruch says that when you do pidyon petachamar, there's a bracha to make. Asher kitshanu, b'mitzvah zizvanu, al pidyon petachamar. There's a whole bracha. But uh, we don't find such a nusach on killing the chamar. And killing the chamar. So it's, it's a chiddush from the Minchas He talks about this, that, um, that even if things that are a mitzvah, we only make brachas on mitzvahs which are like mahadrin, lechatchila. If, you, if, you're, if you're doing a, a mitzvah which is b'diyav uh, v'degazach, the taka there's no bracha on it. So it'll be the same thing over here. If I want to give the chamar to the kayan, there's no bracha on that either, because it's not, even though you're doing, you're, you're, you're officially being yaitzis on your chiyuvim, but that's not, it's not the optimum way. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. It would be a similar, similar zah. Yeah, and a chanami. Oh yeah, a couple more, a couple more details. Uh, take a look at Marmok number five regarding again pidyon petachamar. Then we'll move into the machshava of it. Says the Shulchan Aruch, So until now we've, we've been talking this whole time that you're being paid to the petachamar with a set. So says the Shulchan Aruch, let's say you don't have a set, you don't have access to it. So then there is there is another way to be paid it. Says the Shulchan Aruch, If you can redeem the chamar on money or anything of value, but then the thing has to be of equal value. Right, so he says, uh, then you give the money or the thing that you were paided to to the client. When the Torah said to, to be paided onto a sheep, it wasn't trying to be machmer on the farmer. It's being makel on the farmer. In other words, you could you could be paided the chamar on anything, but then it has to be the thousand dollars that the chamar is worth. If you want to be paided on a seh, then you could be then you could be lenient. The Torah is being lenient that you could do it on a seh that's even cheaper than the chamar. But theoretically, if you don't have a seh, you could talk use anything uh, in your possession. Let's say again, let's say the chamar is worth ten slim, which is a lot of money. You could talk use a seh that's much cheaper. But if it's not a seh, then it has to be of, um, of equal value. Okay. Um, fine. Okay, we'll stop, we'll stop with that in terms of the halachas. Fine. Now let's move into, into the machshav, into the pinimus of this. It's not a simple, a simple sugya. Okay, so let, let, me, let me see what I can do over here. Um, I'm sure you've probably all heard of this idea. Uh, maybe you've heard stories about such thing, of like big, big tzaddikim in olden times or whatever, like fixing the old neshamas, you know? Be masaki neshamas, right? That, uh, you know, riyak kaddish and... He would be walking down the street in like Nishamas, Kulgulim. Like it, it was known with the Ariyah Kaddish that whenever he would walk, especially especially when he would say Tyra, he usually would say Tyra in the fields with his Talmidim. And it was well known that whenever he would say Tyra, all of a sudden animals would just come and gather. Maybe birds would, 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 would flock to over there. Even wild animals would come and just sit there and, and listen. And very often after the Tyra, the animals would die. So like, what, what's going on over there? So it was Kulgulim, old Nishamas that needed Tikunim. And they would go to a tzaddik to find their, their tikkun. There's many stories with the Baal Shem Tov like this as well. 
um, there's even a mice with the Ariyat Kaddish that he was sitting, he was sitting, giving a Torah, and two ravens, two uh, crows came by and, and sat on a, on, a, on a tree while he was saying Torah. And the Ariyat Kaddish looked at them and he said, you, you guys, no, I'm not, I'm not being misakin you. It was Dasan and Avir. That's easy. It was Dasan and Avir. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be misakin you. There's, there's stories with Al-Shantav that he was, Al-Shantav was, one of his, that was one of his major avoidances to misakin old neshamas. He put in a lot, there were certain neshamas that he put in a lot of effort to be misakin. Um, Shasai Tzvi, for example, uh, the Valshanta said that one of his Iker Avadis in life was to Misakin, the Nisham of Shasai Tzvi. He said he, it, it, it almost, he almost lost everything, all of his Madrigas, he lost trying to be Misakin that Nisham. Anyways, he had this Musik of like Misakin on Nishamas. So we think, okay, it's by the Tzadikim, the Ariyah Kavish Valsham, people like us, and does it happen? The truth is, it happens to us too. It happens to us too. <clears throat> the, the, okay, so how, how, do, how do I explain this? Um, you know, see, trying to think of a way to explain it. So you have, you have, you know, you ever, you ever have it where you're sitting there, it's, it's, everything's going well, and almost like a crazy thought comes into your head. Like a crazy thought, like out of nowhere. It's like it doesn't make any sense, like I would even, or even sometimes you have a person with like a, out of nowhere, like a crazy eight star that they themselves would never do. It's not even a, it's not even a havamina. They don't even, even when they think of it, it's not really pulling them to do anything wrong. It's just like a thought that passes through your head. It's a crazy zah. Where's that coming from? Negative thoughts, like tivis or, you know, yetzahardika thoughts that pass through a person's mind could be coming from one of two places. Either it's generated by your own yetzahara, okay, and when that happens, then you've got to be very wary. You've got to be very nervous because if you engage in those thoughts, right, and you try to... Uh, to be misakin them, so to speak, and you try to, to, uh, you know, to, to take that thought and to somehow convert it into something holy. Give me, let me again. Give me, let me try to explain myself. There's a, there's a, there's a big tire in Hasidic by the Baal Shantiv. He said that there's such an Indian is that every every thought that it comes to a person's mind, everything has a spark of divinity. Everything has a nitzus of kedusha. Everything has a lakus. And the objective of of a yid is to try to rescue that spark of of Kedusha. That's what we want to do. We want to rescue those sparks to, you know, connect it to the big bonfire of Adit Hashem. So you have a thought that comes into a person's mind of a taiva. So how do you rescue that spark? So there is a mahalach, which is to try to surgically go and, re- and take the spark out. How? So Al-Shanta said very simple, which is you get what is taiva is about passion, about trying, about wanting to connect to something. All, all of, all of taiva is about love. So, said the Baal Shantif, if you take that thought of taiva and you convert that energy into Havas Hashem, so what you did is, you, you discovered the spark of Kedusha that was in that thought. Because there was a spark of Kedusha that was called the Havas Hashem. It was covered, it was wrapped up in Klippus and Tumas. And so when you experience that thought, what you're experiencing is all the covering, which is all the, in, the, the unhealthy loves of the world. But, what you, but what's really going on is that all those unhealthy loves are really being fueled by a spark of the Rabbanu Shalom, which is a Havasashem. So what do you do? So your objective is to be Masakin the Indian. How do you Masakin it? You, 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 stick your, you, know, you stick your head all the way into the middle of that uh, Mitzias that came into your brain, and you find that spark of Yedusha, and you pull it out. How do you do that? It means by taking that emotional... Um, you know, uh, by taking the 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 the, uh, the emotion that has been awakened by this thought, which is love, and you 
it, it, until it's been hijacked by the Yitzhahara to be about uh, unhealthy loves. Now you bring it back to Rabbanu Shlalom by connecting to Havas Hashem. You do it with Taiva, you could do it with anger if a person is uh, angry at someone. So it's also, what's the root of anger? You're not angry at him, you're angry at Golas, you're angry at, uh, at yourself for doing Averis, it's thoughts of Tshuva. There's a way to get to the bottom of things. It's just that spark of Kedusha is packaged in an unhealthy way. So you get down to it and you pull it out. But here's the concern. The concern is, is that on your way to do that, you might have all the right intentions in the world, but on the way to do that, that covering of Tumah might be so thick and so difficult that you'll be trapped in it. And by engaging in those thoughts, right, by engaging in those thoughts and trying to rescue the princess and try to, to, you know, to get the Nitzas of Kedusha, you might get lost in that process and the Yitzhar will take a person over and you know, who knows what will happen. So this is the... So, so, so therefore, there's another option, which is, instead of trying to go down and, rest and take out the spark of Kedusha, or in, in, in realigning the entire experience to its root, which is Ahavas Hashem, or Yiras Hashem, and so on, the other option is beating the Tumah Shabbai. Instead of trying to take out the Nitzitz of Kedusha, you destroy the Klippa, which means what? Practically speaking, it means to... Say to yourself, how in the world could I'm so disgusting? How could I possibly allow such a thought into my brain? You do tshuva, you do kabbaltainis, you do things to break the eight Sahara. Now, both mahalchem are going to accomplish the same thing. The spark will be saved. One option is you're going down and just taking the spark out in a very gentle way, right? But has danger to it because as you do that, you might get pulled down by the klipa that's surrounding it. The other option is. I'm not trying to get out the spark. I'm trying to beat up the, the, the hijacker. I'm trying to destroy the klipa that's surrounding the spark. And once I destroy the klipa by uh, having hirure tshuva and uh, be makabal myself, uh, shmira against these the Yitzharas that are in my head, then, all, then automatically that spark is now going to be redeemed on its own. And all of a sudden, I'll now have healthier thoughts of Havas Hashem and Yer Hashem. See, these two approaches. So the, we'll see... So how do you know which one, uh, you know, which one to do? So we'll see in a, in a second from the Kamarna Rebbe, but here's the, here's the basic idea. But Derech Klal, if this thought, if this, this, this structure of a spark of Kedusha surrounded by Tumma, if it's being generated from within you, from your own neshama that needs Tikkun, you know, because every part of us, we all have sparks of Kedusha that are scattered, you know, who knows what, in our Yetzirah, we're, we're, we're a work in progress, each and every one of us. If that, if that thought, if that structure of the spark of Kedusha surrounded by Tumah is a part of us, if it's generated by us, then you've got to be very wary of that Yetzirah, because that's the Yetzirah that could take you way down. And then the Mahalach is what? You beat up on the Tumah, and you destroy it, you run away from those thoughts, and the spark of Kedusha will find its, will find its way, way home by, as you destroy the, the shell, so to speak. But if a person has thoughts and Yetzirah come to a person's mind, that's not from them. There is such a phenomenon where a person can have Yetzirah come into a person's mind, not from your own Yetzirah. It could be a Yetzirah, it could be a piece of an old Nisham. A piece of an old Nisham. You have someone who maybe is related to you, maybe an ancestor, maybe someone's not related to you, from who knows how long ago. And there's a part of his Nishama, there's a spark of his Nishama that's lost in the world of Tumah. It's lost in Klippus. Because of his Averis. And, and, and these Nishamas need, need help. So, what happens if there's no Balshantas in the world? There's no Arizals in the world. So, how do they find the Tikkun? So, very often what happens, what the Rabbanisham will do is that he'll take that little piece of Nishama, right, which is 
something holy surrounded by something that's not holy, and I'll put it in your brain. And then your avoid is be Masagamanajama. How? By taking that thought and converting it to something positive. By doing in other words, what you're doing is you're rescuing that neshama, you're rescuing that spark out of its unhealthy cover, out of its, uh, you know, from the hijacker that's been that's been uh, surrounding it in an unhealthy way all these all these years, centuries, who knows how long. And so these so listen, how do you know if it's being generated from you? In which case the Mahalch is beat up on the hijacker until the person that's you know in the car is able to run away on their own. Right? And how do you know that it's coming from an old neshama that's asking for help? See, that's the difference. When it's coming from you, the, the, it's not asking for help. This is, this is a Nisayan that's being presented to you. Right? The hijacker is sort of in charge. And so you have to engage him. And you, the way you do that is beat him up. But when it's an old neshama, when it's a spark from someone else that's coming into your brain, it's asking for help. It's simply asking for help. And then your objective is to try to fix the situation by, 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 by taking that energy and, and, and making it something holy. It's very hard to know. It's very hard to know. Practically speaking, for the most part, it's probably recommended to, to always go with the assumption that it's coming from yourself and play it safe. But if a person is in a situation of where a thought gets into their heads, and it's, it's, not, it's not something that's shy to them. They, they, they don't, it, it's so random. It's so out of nowhere. There is such a mahalach that immediately your first reaction can be that this is not from me. This is, who knows, an old neshama, something that I have to, that's some, there's some spark that's asking to be rescued. And then what I can do is take the energy of that thought and taka convert it into something better, into something higher. The person is stressed about things. No, there's such a mahalach that you could convert it into your Hashem. To realize what exactly is the, the root of that stress is really yours, Hashem. It's a big sugya. It's a very, very big sugya. And I'm just, it's just a little bit of a window into it. It's a, not a Pashat Zachin of Adis Hashem. But this is the site of these two mitzvahs. Pedin Petr Hamar, as opposed to killing the Hamar. The Hamar that has Kedusha on it is representative of this Indian, of a spark of Kedusha that's surrounded by Klippa. Hamar is not a, not a holy animal. Hamar is a, is a behemoth to me. But it, somehow, there's some kedusha that found its way into a chamar. What do I do? So there's two options. You could be paid to the chamar. What does it mean to be paid to the chamar? It means, surgically you go in and you rescue the spark. You don't kill the chamar, the chamar is still there. You're not engaging the chamar. You're trying to, you're, you're, you're rescuing the princess from the chamar. The seh is Knesset Yisrael. The seh means a kedusha, means a behemoth tahira. You're rescuing the, the pinitas of kedusha from the chamar onto the seh, and it becomes reabsorbed into Knesset Yisrael. And that's coming when it's an old neshama, when it's not really your yetzar, and just something is being presented to you to fix. That's what you do. Metzat sheni, however, im sifta, if that's not an option, you're not holding by such madregas, or it's taka not coming, it's not, it's not a, an old neshama that's asking for help. It's yourself that, it's, 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 it's a part of you which is unrectified. It's a part of your chaotic, unpurified self. Im sifta varaftai. Then you kill the chamar. And when you kill the chamar, the kedusha just dissipates and it finds its way back to be reabsorbed in Knesset Yisrael on its own. But in my siftev, araftai. That's the side of Pidin Petr Chamar and uh, Arifas Petr Chamar. Going back to the question of what does it have to do with Yibam and Chalitza, it's a very big side, but the Indian of Yibam and Chalitza is also about fixing the old neshama of the person that was nifter. Even the Pasuk says that by doing Yibam, they'll have a child and the child will be named Al Shem Hames. This is one of the major sugis in Torah that's all about Gulgulim and fixing old neshamas. The connection that the Chazal are making between Pidyan Petr Hamar, between Pidyan and, and, and killing the Hamar, versus Yivim and Chalitza, it's a similar Indian. Yivim and Chalitza is just a very, very um, 
very extreme situation of where you're literally, uh, Asia, you, you know, you're marrying Asia's Zemais in order to literally uh, be masakin the neshama of the husband, to give him the opportunity to make the mitzvah puravu through through this new marriage between the brother and the sister-in-law. Again, it's an arichas dvarim by, by Yivam and Chalitza, but in terms of this inyan, of they share this parallel, that these are all about fixing old neshamas. And again, that's, the, that's what's being presented over here, that uh, sometimes you have the opportunity to take, you know, to take uh, something that's negative, but find the Kedusha in it and elevate the entire situation through that point. And sometimes that's too dangerous and you have to just kill the Tumah and trust that the Kedusha will find its way back home on its own. And that's even though plan A is always pigeon, why is the person not holding by that? Then in Mlai Sifta, Varafta. No. I guess Halacha Lamaisa from this is like everything in Torah is deep and profound and mystical. We have no idea. We have no sug. We walk around and you see something. You know, we don't know what we're. <laughs> We don't know what we're, what, what we're constantly being bombarded by and, and engaged in. We think of these stories by big tzaddikim. It's by us too. We have no asaga of, of, of how deep our lives are. That's, I, I think probably that's the halachal ma'asa to take from this because practically speaking, you avoid Yitzhars as, uh, as best as you can and don't try to engage it. But Icarus to take away, life is full of mysteries. That's the uh, Icarus. In order to make this 